Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano, host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making the Locked On Rays podcast your first listen every day. And remember, Locked on Rays is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked on Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Rays. And you can email us anytime, LockedOnRays at gmail.com. Okay, Ulysses, we are going to switch things up today a little bit. Uh, We did a couple player reviews this week, so we have fulfilled that obligation. So we figured we'd change gears a little bit and do a mailbag episode. And we have some great mailbag questions to dive into regarding the Tampa Bay race. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. I'm excited for this. I love mailbag episodes. We've gotten really good feedback from, Mm -hmm. from listeners saying they enjoy it. So anytime you have a question, a concern, a comment, please make sure to uh, send that to us. Yeah. Reach out anytime. Not saying that we will read it or get to it immediately, but we will bank it and, usually do a mailbag episode once we get a handful of them and go from there. So I think uh, uh, a couple of these were sent uh, 10 days ago. Yeah. So we're getting to them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, The first one that we want to address from Ty McCann, he says, Hey gents, I noticed there are a lot of former Rays who are on the free agent market. I thought it would be fun to ask if you had to pick two players, who would you like to see reunited with the Rays Who would you pick and why? I stole this list from MLB.com, but for the sake of eliminating recency bias, I left off guys that were on the Rays 2021 team. Would love to hear what you guys think. And what I'm going to do, Ulysses, is just run through these names real quickly, and we'll pick uh, the two that we would like to see have a little reunion with the Rays. So there is Matt Andres, Brad Boxberger, Asdrubal Cabrera, Robinson Torino, Steve Shishak. Can't even remember him being on the Rays, to be honest. But 2017, I, I think. He was one of the trade deadline acquisitions. Yeah, I wasn't paying to the Rays much yeah. attention. A lot of people weren't. Yeah. Uh, Alex Cobb, Wade Davis, Corey Dickerson, Avi Garcia, Daniel Hudson, our buddy Matt Joyce, uh, Scott Casimir, Jose Lobaton, Aaron Loop. Uh, Ulysses' favorite player of all time, Jose Martinez, uh, Brad Miller, Matt Moore, Tommy Pham, Austin Pruitt, Erasmo Ramirez, Wilson Ramos, Sergio Romo, Drew Smiley, Eric Sogard, Stephen Vogt, Hunter Wood, and Kirby Yates. My goodness, that's a uh, can you remember all of these guys and their last year with the Rays? I think it just underscores how much roster shuffling the Rays do year in and year out. And, and, and a lot of these guys have been, you know, you, you don't remember them, but it's like, oh, that was three years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm all for the sake of time for the for the pod. I'm only going to choose one of these guys. Okay. Um, you can choose two if you will, if you'd like, Kevin. Yeah. But my guy, you know it. You love him. You know, I love him. Alex, the bulldog. I knew Cobb. it. I knew it. I mean, have, have we actually talked about how good he was in 2021? He had mm-hmm. a 370 ERA a FIP of 292. He only provided 93 innings for, for the angels, but right. he struck out 98 in those 93. So you saw the strikeout rate go up, but one of the biggest things I think that would be 
just so great to have Alex Cobb back. Besides the veteran presence mm-hmm. in that young, young starting rotation, is the fact that he is a ground ball machine, Kevin. Fifty-three mm-hmm. percent ground ball rate. Uh, that was with the Angels' little league defense behind him. Yeah. Okay. Imagine how efficient that ground ball rate can be when you put him up with guys that actually can pick it with gold glove nominees behind him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I feel like that that, um, that would be a really good get for the race. And second of all, he's made his He was getting paid 14, 14 mil, 15 mil in the last. I think he just wants to win now. Right. And if you can get him back home in order to win, in order to be that, you know, veteran workhorse that he once was to teach Drew Rasmussen, Patino, the Shanes, mm-hmm. I would love that. He's from Vero Beach, so he could make a little bit of a comeback there. And he was actually one of my two players that I also picked and went with. So I'm glad you chose Alex Cobb. Uh, I do agree that I think he still has something left in the tank. And what have we been talking about? One of the team needs a veteran fourth, fifth starter type. Not saying that you want to roll Alex Cobb out for 140, 150 innings, but if he could give you what he did this past season and maybe a little bit more. That's really all you need to ask for. And it's been a while since he's been on a winning ball club. I think the last playoff team he was on was the 2013 Rays. Yeah. In the last five years or so, he was with Baltimore and then LA. And he was on the crummy Rays teams before he got traded. No, I I, I think we've talked about this endlessly. Older guys want that ring if Mm -hmm. they've made their money. If they've made their money, cool. Now get me that ring. If yeah. the Rays can be competitive in the salary range of what he's looking for, which I'm sure he's going to want a multi-year, maybe a two-year deal. Right. I don't know if the Rays will be able to pull that off. But, I mean, how poor do the Rays have to be every year? Yeah. Uh, if there's a guy that I think you can put some you know, green Skittles on, mm-hmm. I, I would be okay with putting the money on Alex Cobb. The other guy that I would go for, and I would like to see back on the Rays at some point is Avi Garcia. That's a great pick. The Rays do, assuming that Nelson Cruz isn't coming back to the team, you need a right-handed power bat. Mm -hmm. That might be a role for Avi Garcia, who just came off a career year with the Brewers, and he changed some things in his approach that really allowed him to tap into his power, swinging it more, uh, first pitch fastballs. Was he was he, uh, able to make that change and improve and base and and go from there. Was he a, a 30 homer guy? Or was he 29? 29 homers in an yeah. 820 OPS and 135 games. Now that is the knock on Avi is that every year he's going to hit the IL a couple of times, but I would imagine that if you have that roving DH spot, you can give Keep him some fresh. rest off his legs. I just, I'm in a way infatuated with Avi Garcia because I think he has so much physical uh, ability and physical talent with the combination of strength and power and speed at six foot four, 250 pounds. He's one of the faster guys and more athletic guys that you'll see, but he looks like a wide receiver. I I would almost, he looks like a tight end more than a wide receiver. I would say, yeah, he just looks like that football type guy that can just give you so much speed. Uh, No, I, I, I'm intrigued about that one. The problem with Avi, which also could be the trouble with cop and a lot of free agents 
the money, the yeah. money aspect. If he declined the player option, I believe it was a twelve million dollars with the right. Brewers. And smart for him, knowing that hey, I can probably get more, much more on the open market. After How much more? Fifteen for a year. I I don't know. I would imagine more for sure. And again, this question from Ty wasn't who are the Rays most likely to sign? Right. Who would we like to see back on the Rays? That was a former Rays. So that's go. why I'm going with I like Avi it. Garcia there. And um, I just think, and he had some really fun moments with the Rays. I mean, he was one of maybe two or three guys I'd hit a home run off the banner, <laughs> yeah. off the AL East title banner, a 460-foot shot. The yeah. only other guy that I've known to do that is Marcelo Zuna. Yeah. There might have been another guy or two, but it, yeah. like, if you look at some of his percentile rankings, 98th percentile in max exit velocity. Like you would basically, I think as Nelson Cruz is maybe on the downslope of his career, maybe Avi has tapped into something as he's hit his age 30 season. So I, I, I've always liked Avi. I always felt there was more potential tapped in. I always thought he was more than what his, season numbers would put up like you would yeah. on average probably what would you expect like 17 to 21 22 homers and yeah. only playing 130 games on average and 262 70 batting average uh i i always thought there was more in the tank for him and maybe some of the changes he's made with swinging at more first pitches and um maybe we know he's a free swinger at times so maybe and the glove cobbling that as well. Yeah, he's got some versatility in the corner outfield spots. He could even yeah. do center field if, if, if you need, need him, if, yeah. if need be. You know, I, I, I like this. Those two names. There Thank you go, you. Ty. Cobb yeah. and Garcia. Yeah. Uh, okay, this next uh, question or comment here from Walter Rosado. He says, uh, I think a player that the Rays can try to obtain is Michael Lorenzen. He had an injured year last season, but I believe he would be a buy-low candidate for the Rays. Typical Rays bargain shopping. He wants to be a starter so they can offer him a shot at the rotation. If it doesn't work out, he can be a great bullpen arm. Not to mention he can always slot in the outfield if need be. Also, Kevin, I disagree with your statement about Colin McHugh, especially if he is looking for another World Series ring. If another team offers more money to McHugh, that happens to be a playoff contender. I see McHugh leaving sort of like Morton of last year. I think if a team is offering more than the Rays, I believe that team is going to be in contention. I don't see the Rockies or some other low-level team paying that kind of money for a veteran. Well, uh, the first point, Lorenzen, that's an intriguing one. Yeah. Uh, It just honestly makes me kind of cry about Jake Cronenworth. Um, <laughs> you know, to, to have a guy that can do both. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I don't, think although I don't know if Cornenworth has, has no, been used so. as a two way guy yet. yet. He just, it was the minor leagues that yeah. he was deployed as that. I, I know he had a bad year, Lorenzen, uh, this year. Uh, so that could be a, a good pick me yeah. up option. I, I don't know. I, I feel like you, you still have a little bit more, more value out there before you hit, yeah. you hit on the Lorenzen free a uh, free agent basket. I will say this though, I did look at Lorenzen a little bit in preparing for this question. He was at one point a Rays draft pick. He did opt for college, so the okay. Rays probably do have some interest and insight on him at the very least. And if you look at some of his underlying numbers, like the FIP, mm-hmm. that has shown better than the ERA. So maybe uh, that is something that the Rays have been looking at, and also. Uh, if you look at his pitch mix, I think it's a little bit of uh, 
jack of all trades, master of none. He's got okay. like, according to Savan, I think five or six different offerings. And I would try him out as a reliever and pare that down and say, hey, scrap the cutter like okay. the Rays did with Waka and, and throw your fastball more. His fastball averages, you know, 97 miles per hour and it's got elite level spin. So yeah. I would change that completely. I think the cutter is the pitch that he throws the most and it's the pitch that gets hit the most and gets hit hardest the most okay. or has the highest average again. So uh, I think there's some little things that they could say, okay, we're going to change this around with you to make you a more effective an impressive pitcher, just sort of like they did with Colin McHugh. They they switched him around, yeah, too. With uh, hey, throw your slider more, throw your slider as much That's as you your want money pitch. because you can throw it to both sides of the plate and you can throw it for strikes in any count, and you um, you induce weak contact with that. And now with Lorenzen, though, I, I'm seeing that he actually has kind of not been starting as many games as he did in his rookie season. So with Walter's question. He's saying that he wants to be in the part of the rotation. Do you see that? Or do you see them saying, no, you know what, just keep it. Oh, up. no, I think it would be more of a multi-inning yeah. relief role. I, yeah. I don't think he would be signed to be a starter. Maybe a Colin McHugh sub. Yeah. And speaking of which, um, I will say this about Colin McHugh. Um, I think the only other team that would, well, let me, let me put it like this. Uh, Walter says that McHugh would leave for a contender for more, more money, but the Rays are a contender. No, this team did win a hundred games, did have the best record but, in the AL East, right? But in, thinking, the, in the American League, maybe Walter means like if the Dodgers come calling. Oh, okay, I see that. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Walter, send us another email and tell us if we got this right. I mean, the only <laughs> other team that I could see where he would really want to go probably maybe is the Atlanta Braves. I, I think he really likes how the Rays helped him out yeah. and, and gave him a shot. And by the way, we talk about some of the uh, the Rays making some some bad signings of late with Sutsugo and, and Chris Archer. But McHugh was one of the best signings maybe in baseball this past offseason. You get him for, you know, one point eight million dollars and the Rich Hill too. he puts up. Yeah. And I, I think that McHugh likes working with Kyle Snyder. And I think he, like he likes the role that he was put in with the Rays of let me do two, three innings of high leverage work. Give me a couple of days off. And, and they gave him some really good advice on how to, to best be successful. And I think that counts and means something. Well, I really do. I, know. I, I, I don't, I, and I feel like, again, we have to take into account. I, I McHugh with fan graphs not too long ago, and he's, he's introspective and so well-spoken. I, if the Dodgers or a team like that offers two years, $16 million and the Rays offered say two years, 10 or $11 million. I mean, again, by the time you go to the West coast and have to deal with the taxes and deal with all the changes, is it really worth it at the end of the day? And, and to move your family across the country, I don't know if that makes a whole lot of sense. That's why I would say if there, if the Braves came with a better offer, then he might go with the Braves, but I'm not sure if there's another team out there that he would, spurn for the Rays if the Rays make a half-hearted offer to bring him back I I, I like where your head's at uh you know I, I also like when I eat built bars <laughs> that's on I'm, I'm telling you I mean they are low calorie they are low in carbs low in fat they're high protein and Kevin with Thanksgiving around the corner this is the time to pile on the good type of calories not the apple pie not the peach cobbler you gotta get your blueberry muffin a type of built bar, the, the German chocolate one. So you guys got to know 
what you got to do is just built.com. You choose all of your flavors. You get your boxes and orders. And right before you hit buy, you say, wait, there's a promo code. And I know what it is. It is LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. And you will get 15% off your order. So go today to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and get yourself some Built Bars today. Okay, uh, great live read there, Ulysses. So I'm going to put you on the hot seat before we move along with these okay. questions. Uh, is Colin McHugh a Ray in 2022? Yes or no? No. Okay, there's the answer. All right, I think he is. I think he's going to I hope no, no. Okay, can, if I can qualify it as no, but I hope so. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. All right, uh, this comment from Brian Stark, he says, this may be a hot take. But I don't expect Manny Margot on the team next year. I know KK is everyone's favorite choice to trade, but while Margot is a great outfielder and important piece, he will be making five to six million dollars this year. And between he and Brett Phillips, Phillips has the better glove and bat, plus will only be making about $1.5 million. The Rays have some good talent that they can play in the outfield coming up. Josh Lowe, Vidal Brujan. I know KK is most likely gone too, but by clearing those two guys out, that's nearly $18 million cleared up, which would then be used to pay for the R players, Meadows, Glasnow, Phillips, Diaz, as well as picking up Zanino's option. Well, I, I think overall, maybe KK still has the edge on Phillips is an overall good player. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like KK is, is just a step above Phillips. The financials obviously then push you towards saying Phillips is, is better for this roster construction. The issue is Phillips has n- no success against lefties. Like, yeah. like zero, like it's uh, less than, it's like negative. If you could have a batting average, it's, it's not good. So when you pair them up, pair him up with Margot who can handle lefties, then I can see that. Mm -hmm. I understand, you know, the, the $18 million to, to get off. It's rather um, enticing, but I, I, I don't know if, you know, Josh Lowe being a lefty, are you going to pair up Josh Lowe and Brett Phillips? Yeah. I, I, again, lefty against lefty all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't see that. I don't see that. I got to disagree with Brian. I don't think that, Brett Phillips necessarily has the better glove than Manny Margot. And I don't necessarily think he has the better bat than Manny Margot either. Uh, And I think the Rays probably think so as well, considering that Manny Margot got how many plate appearances compared to Brett Phillips this past year. And Brett Phillips being lefty, you would think he would get a ton more opportunities with so many right-handed pitchers out there. Manny Margot had 464 plate appearances compared to Phillips 292. Now, I know Brett Phillips will play more center field, but I think you could certainly slot Manny Margot into that role as well. He's he's certainly handled that. I know he's had some some odd mistakes and some odd drops yeah. uh, at the trop at times, but I think on the whole, on the aggregate, he's a really, really, really good outfielder, and, and some of the metrics back that up. And the thing that really concerns me about Brett Phillips, so if you're essentially getting rid of both KK 
and Manny, Manny Margot. Margot, that means you're going to have to give Brett Phillips more playing time, which exposes that strikeout rate, that ballooned 38, 39% strikeout rate even more. And I know that Brett Phillips is a fan favorite. I know he's beloved. I know he might be some consider him to be the franchise player. And it was great that he had the grand slams, but he's also been had some of his moments besides the world series. Uh, and, and also let's, let's mention this. He was left off the postseason roster. That's exactly, so he's clearly yeah. not quite as valued as Manny Margot. Like, and I mentioned the strikeout rate strikeouts have long been a problem. Yeah. The last couple of years with the race. And I, while Manny Margot maybe doesn't provide as much offensively in terms of extra base hits that you would want. I do. I love that 15% strikeout rate. Yeah. For that many at-bats. And it's a change of pace in the lineup, Kevin. Yeah. Not everybody has to strike out at 30%. So when you have a guy like Manny Margot and keeps the, the line moving, mm-hmm. you appreciate that. I I don't see getting rid of both KK and Margot in the same year. I don't. Yeah. I see KK leaving, and then, then you do a platoon, Margot against right. lefties, Phillips against righties. Yeah. That, and then that aggregate, I think, could give you even possibly a better outcome than putting KK. Yeah. I think that, 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 but you do not want to see Phillips against lefties. Like you just don't want to. And look, I know if the amount of home runs he had in the amount of at bats, that is impressive, but we also Mm -hmm. have to kind of, and he had three grand slams last year, but we also have to look at the situations. When were those plays or hits or big moments made? Uh, one of the grand slams was in a 20 to three ball game against the Red Sox. Another grand slam was in a six, nothing ball game against the Yankees. And then the third, I will give him credit. It was a go ahead one against the Orioles. I'll just fair enough. Fair enough. Like he, he has found some sort of power stroke, but I, I just don't know if man, I would you rather pay uh, one and a half, two million dollars for a part-time player, or five million dollars for a full-time player. It's kind of yeah. No, it, I, 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 if I have to pick my the best case scenario, I would just platoon center field. Yeah, platoon center field, and in that way, when Josh Lowe is ready to come in, which he's not going to, maybe yeah. he might be ready for opening day. But I don't yeah. think the race I don't will know put him if, up in the opening day. I, so yeah, by platooning, you give time for Josh Lowe to get hot in AAA, and boom, mm-hmm. move him in May. And I know we want to get so obsessed about, Hey, we got to give this rookie an opportunity. We got to call up Vidal Brujan and Josh Lowe. And I do think that and at some point you are going to have to give them opportunities, but to just get rid of two veterans in one off season like that, and then you're going to be forced to play the, the couple rookies out there. I, yeah. I think that's, that's kind of going to be a difficult ask. We know the team is so contingent on really good defensive play. And I think there could be a big adjustment period without having a KK or a Manny Margot in the fold, a, a, another elite defender that can help those guys along. Let's not forget, not even KK started his major league career in center field. Mm. He was in right field. For all you race fans, oh, Josh Loach is going to take center field. Well, yeah, not even KK, not even the outlaw, not even a three-time gold glover, platinum award winner, went to center field first. So mm-hmm. all that idea that Josh Lowe or Vidal Brujan is just going to come in there and take the center field job. <laughs> yeah, wrong. I'm sorry. Not necessarily. Uh, okay. This uh, next comment from Ethan Broom. It's been a while since we've heard from hey, Ethan. Ethan Broom. Hope he's doing well. He says, haven't annoyed you guys in a while. So I thought I would now some off season moves. I think would help this raise team trade KK 
let Choi walk, sign a veteran pitcher like they did with Morton, Verlander, Granke, someone like that to a one to three year deal. Go get Luke Voigt, re-sign Mike Zanino. That was already done. And then he has an idea for the starting lineup. Randy, Brandon Lau, Wander Franco, Luke Voigt, if a trade matriculates, Austin Meadows, Yandy Diaz, Manny Margot, Josh Lowe in right field and a catching tandem of Mike Zanino and Francisco Mejia. Um, well, the vet, part of, of what he said has been answered by us in this episode. Right. We are Alex Cobb fans. Mm-hmm. You want a veteran pitcher who, if you have the two-year capacity for a $20 million deal, yeah, sign him up. And also maybe you can teach some of the younger cats the split change that oh. he is so – Glass now, you know, get him on the same page with that. We were talking about that in the player review, Kevin. I mean, the fourth pitch, if you can get mm. that change up for Glass now, oh my goodness. Yes. That would be It'd nasty. be over with. It'd be over with. It'd be done. It'd be give, give him the side young for the next three years. Uh so yeah, Ethan, that that's the I don't the first think Lander or Granky. I don't think they're going I, to do that. I don't want to harp on this because I think I do this every yeah. every episode. Guys. No, mm-hmm. it's not happening. It's not happening. Any, any, any Hall of Fame pitcher like Verlander and Granke are not pitching for the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah. At all. Like, right. No. Uh, what do you think about the Luke Voigt conversation or point he brought up? And uh, his. He always gets hurt. Yeah, so that's the issue. Is it's one thing after another with this guy. It's, it's a sports honey, uh, hernia. It's a, it's a foot. It's it's a knee, and he missed. It's I mean, the, it's basically the, it's more the, than half the season this year with that knee issue. It's the jersey that can't close itself. Yeah, it's you know, it's a lot of issues there. It's the BMW. Yeah, ads. he's he's also complained uh, complained about playing time. Oh uh, gosh, he's not gonna like it. Yeah, so I don't think he he does not seem like a Tampa Bay guy to me. Oh, I don't think he would fit in. Do you know who he is exactly reminding me of? Say it in the count of three. One, two, three, Hunter Renfro. Oh yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Does he not give you Renfro vibes right now? A little bit. A hundred percent. And first off, I mean a lot of intradivisional trades I don't like them. don't happen very much. He's already going to be slated to make five plus million dollars. Then you add in the prospect hall that you got to give up. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, if we're looking at it, look, he had that great 2020 season. That, yeah, that was, he did. that was insane, but I just games, don't though. think the, yeah, I don't think the juice is worth the squeeze. In fact, we want to look at, look at it objectively. The Rays, instead of going through all that and trying to trade with the Yankees and give up prospects and pay uh, an oft injured guy, you might as well just keep loop low. Luplo actually had a better year than Luke Voigt did. If, if there you go, we look at all the numbers at the end of the day. There so while it would be a fun name, and oh, we got Luke Voigt, yeah. and and you could have some fun marketing. I just don't think he'd be that great of a fit. And he's and not to say that every player that the Rays add has to be able to play two, three, four positions, but it nice. is nice to have that versatility. Like at least with Avi Garcia, I mean, he could play corner outfield spots, and you could probably give him a first baseman yeah. as well. I just don't. Um, I'm not on board with the Luke Voigt thing as of right now. Like if the Yankees are so gung ho to get rid of him, why do the Rays want to bring him in? Yeah. Quite frankly, I I don't get that at all. So I don't like it, but Ethan, uh, I I liked your other comments there and uh, you know, it's might be a GM in the making, give it up. Hey, 
this is what the Rays need to do. One, two, three, four, five. Boom. Oh, he got it, even go. a lineup going on. Yeah. I, how about I that? Like that? I oh. do like uh, Wander Franco batting after. Well, I'd actually like to see Wander Franco as high up in the lineup as possible to give him as many at bats as possible. But I think Franco providing Brandon Lau some protection might be better off than the, the other side of the equation. That's true. If uh, Lau was able to take advantage of that. Uh, okay. Uh, bet online is back and better than ever before a new web interface for the start of the basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. So be sure to head over to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on L O C K E D O N to receive that bonus bet online. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. It is where the game starts. Okay. We want to thank Ty and Walter and Brian and Ethan for reaching out to us. And again, other locked on Rays listeners, you are more than encouraged to reach out to us as well. You know what I love about the mailbags is that we go all over the place. Yeah. And it's fun because it, everybody has their own concerns. Everybody has their own questions and, mm-hmm. and ideas of what you can do in, in, in 2022 for this season. So it's nice. Send them in. I, yeah. I, I, it's like uh, uh, playing pepper. You know, where are you yeah. going? Where are you going with it? Oh, okay. Got to go shift right. Got to go shift left. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I, I like the uh, analogy there. Yeah. Um, okay. We're not going to waste any more time. I am putting Ulysses on the hot seat for baseball trivia, and I love this question that I have come up with. I don't mean to pat myself on the back, and I think you're going to get it, but you never know with some of these questions. So, uh, of course, Ulysses, we had the Gold Glove Awards ceremony and voting, and the finalist, all that was revealed and announced, and I figured, who have won the most gold gloves. Who are some guys who have just racked up gold glove after gold glove in their career? So in front of me, I have a list of 15 players. There have been 15 players in MLB history who have won 10 or more, at least 10 gold gloves in their career. Okay. I don't need you to name all 15. We'd be here all night, all (laughs) evening, all afternoon. But... I do want a third of those names. I want five names from you. Five guys, five players who have won at least 10 gold gloves in their baseball career. I'm going to go with Ichiro Suzuki. Ichiro Suzuki is correct. He had 10 exactly. I'm going to go with Andrew Jones. Andrew Jones is correct. He had 10, exactly. I'm going to go with Omar Vizquel. Omar Vizquel is correct. He had 11. I'm going to go with Ozzy Smith. Ozzy Smith is correct. He had 13. I'm going to go with Jim Edmonds. Jim Edmonds is incorrect. Strike one. I think he won eight or nine. I mean, he clearly didn't win 10, but... Uh, I'm going to go with Yadier Molina. Yadier Molina is incorrect. He had nine. If he won one this year instead of, what was it, Jacob Stallings with the Pirates, he would have had his 10. So you are you are on a roll here. I need one more, and you're down to your final strike. I have four. 
You have four, and I need one more. You've guessed Ichiro okay. Suzuki, Andrew Jones, Omar Vizquel, and Ozzy Smith. You know what it is? I have... I have... God, I have two options. And I want to go with the riskier one just because I kind of want to... Quit stalling and Googling over there. I see what you're doing. <laughs> Hands up, sir. I'm going to go with the riskier option because that's how you got to live life, man. All right. Greg Maddox. Greg Maddox is correct. Let's go! And not only is Greg Maddox correct... But he has the most gold gloves in history with 18. Oh, there we go. So very good guess there. The others, Jim Cat with 16. Brooks Robinson with 16. Pudge Rodriguez, 13. Ozzy Smith, you got. Roberto Clemente with 12. Vizquel, you got. Keith Hernandez had 11. Willie Mays had 11. Uh, Suzuki, Andrew Jones, Ken Griffey Jr. had 10. Roberto Alomar had 10. Mike Schmidt had 10. And Mr. Red himself, Johnny Bench, had 10. I was going to go with Mike Schmidt or Greg Maddox. So I was like, okay, let's just You would have been right on either accord, but (laughs) I'm glad you went with Greg Maddox because people don't think about the pitchers very much or think about the fact that he had 18 gold gloves. That's amazing. Yes. I didn't know he had that many, though. Yeah. So there we go. Um, I thought you'd like that. Hopefully the listeners liked it as well. And again, the the idea is to play along with us while you're listening in your car or working out or on your walk, whatever you're doing. You can pause it and all that. Okay, well, I have a name that war. Okay. For you, Kevin. This guy, you know him. You Mm. loved him. You hated him for one season. Mm. His nickname, Big Game. Mr. James Shields himself. What is James Shields? Baseball reference war. Baseball reference war for James Shields. I know he was a workhorse. I know there were many years where he threw 200 innings or close to 200 innings. And I think that has to count for something. He's had some good years. He's had some bad years. Yes. Uh, How long did he play? I would venture to say at least 10 years. Um, career war for James Shields. I'm gonna go 25. Is that your final answer? That is my final answer. Not too shabby. Okay. You're not giving him enough love, though. Mr. James Shields had a 31.1 okay. BRF war, the one time all star. He had 145 wins, 139 mm. losses, a 401 career. ERA, uh, he pitched 2,616 innings and had 2,234 strikeouts. Mm. Just uh, an unbelievable year. And of course, his lone all-star year was just impressive. I mean, he, he was a, a, a turn the Cy Young Award. He even got MVP uh, that year in 2011. Uh, had This is ridiculous. You know how many uh, complete games... Uh, he had complete game James I would say like 20 that season, that season. oh in, uh, 2011 like 12 11 yeah, 11 unreal and four of them were shutouts wow I mean just just incredible that that 2011 season so awesome that was that was a good one yeah and what's funny about James Shields is first off those numbers that he put up guys that are pitching nowadays I don't know how many of them <laughs> will be that's 
he, he's like one of the, the, no. the last of that era, essentially yeah. one of the last of that era. But what's crazy is he had such a good career and such a career that, I mean, again, 95, 97% of pitchers would, would love to yes. have the career he had, but a lot of people, I don't want to say a lot of people, but there is some thought out there of, uh, like what he's known for is the fact that he was involved in the Fernando Tatis trade. Like that's what always comes up. Like, Oh, they traded James Shields on his last leg for Honestly, Tatis Jr. It, it sucks. And that's going to happen. Uh, it, because he is way more than that. Yeah. Um, but just to finish this up, this episode, uh, James Shields, the school of James Shields. That's how we, we were mm-hmm. called, uh, uh, you know, the, the starting rotation, the school of James Shields, it all started with him. Um, to get Alex Cobb, who was taught by James Shields himself on how to be that bulldog on the mound, mm-hmm. would love to bring that back in 2022 with yes. Alex Cobb. Give that James Shields, you know, teaching to the Shanes, the Drews, and, and the Luis Patinos. That would be great. It would be. In fact, I'm I'm looking at. Uh, yes, that is correct. James Shields went to the same high school as. Tyler Glass now. Oh, love that. Yeah. Put a, put a bow on this episode. There we go. And wrap her up. How about that? All oh. right. Uh, thank you for making the Locked on Race podcast your first listen every day. Now make your second listen the Locked on Bets podcast. Hope you all have a wonderful day and weekend, and we will talk to you next week.